Welcome, welcome to church. It's so good having you. I want to welcome all our online uh, church as well. Uh, we are coming to the very end of our Renew series, and uh, it's, uh, our prayer is that throughout this series, you've come to understand that Jesus wants to transform and renew your life. Now, uh, there's something about a fresh start. There's something about renewal. Uh, I don't know, that spikes something in my heart. I was, uh, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, I can't remember, I was walking uh, my daughter up to kindy, and as I was walking her up, um, I was uh, probably just reminiscing, all right, about as I saw high school students and primary school students and kindy students, uh, all you know, on the, the brink of starting a fresh new year. And I couldn't help but reminiscing about this when it was my turn. I, I looked and I saw kids with new bags. Some of these bags were larger than the children themselves. Uh, there was fresh haircuts. There were new kicks that were still white. The, the students still seemed happy. Um, <laughs> There were freshly ironed uniforms. Parents frazzled as they herded their kids in the right direction. I actually, and there's no judgment in this, I actually witnessed one poor parent still frantically writing names on pencil cases and handing it to the kids. I'm telling you, that would be me. You know what I mean? I would probably just say, don't even worry about the pencil case, just throw it in your bag and go. You know what I mean? That's, that's how I roll, but my... My wife is a bit more organised than that, praise the Lord. But it reminded me of that fresh start. Back when I was school, you would actually uh, be excited when you got to take your new notebooks and they were freshly laminated. And does anyone remember that? Or am I just showing my age? And you'd put your most favourite pictures in there, cricket players, you know, the latest Billabong logo in there and you'd laminate. For my sister, it was the full cast of Beverly Hills 90210. And you would walk into your classroom. But I remember the one memory that was distinct for me was uh, my first uh, year in uni, I'm pretty certain it was. And um, I remember going to Office Works. Anyone love Office Works? Smells like opportunity and success, doesn't it? <laughs> and um, you just walk around and think, I'm going to organise my life. Anyway, I got my big binder because we didn't have take laptops or iPads and there was no such thing as Wi-Fi at that point. My big binder with all the little tabs in it and I rolled into my physics lecture and um, I remember sitting there with 150 other students and thinking, this is going to be the day that I knuckle down. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> This will be the day that I am going to actually cling to every word that my lecturer says for the next two hours. I'm going to turn up to every tutorial. I'm actually going to participate in them. I'm going to, every reading they give me, I'm going to read. This is my season to seize the day. Fast forward to my end of semester exam. And I'm not lying. I remember opening up the... Uh, page for my exam paper during the 10 minute perusal and um, I just remember thinking oh dear 
And I literally, this is not a lie, I put my head on the desk and because I knew holidays was just around the corner <laughs> and I actually was thinking, Lord, if I could just fall asleep, this too will pass. <laughs> it's crazy though, isn't it? Like you come with all these amazing mindsets and you put all these things in place with this grand plan of success and new start and fresh achievements but I don't know, maybe you're a better person than me, but it doesn't take long and it just all goes up in flames. Maybe I was at the Sunny Coast University, so that probably didn't help um, knowing what was just down the street. But there's something about renewal, isn't there? And as I talk to people, well, one thing I've realised in my life is that we all long to have renewal in our lives. We all want something in our lives to change for the better. And if you've ever talked to someone for long enough, you begin to realise that every person has these areas or components of their life that they could just, if they could just change, it would be the most incredible gift for their lives. Some of the common things that I've, I've heard or I've witnessed or literally come out of my own uh, heart is things like, I wish that I could have better self-control. Or people say that maybe I wish that I could just shake this critical spirit or maybe it's things like, I just don't feel loved enough or valued. I wish I could change that. Maybe it's like you've, I've just got no purpose. I just feel like I'm just walking around. Maybe it's that feeling of thinking, I'm just so unfulfilled. I wish I would know what that feeling of being fulfilled was like. Maybe it's, I'm just not good enough. The list could go on. You'd be thinking about things even now in your mind as I'm talking. These are very real feelings. And so what takes place and what I've discovered in my own life is we actually then go in pursuit of things to find the answers to these questions. We go and hunt for resolve. And what happens is we actually go in this pursuit and what takes place is we want to go, we just want to be better so we try harder or we try to attain more things. And what happens is we get caught in this cycle of I need a change and I want to change, so I'm going to try harder. There's nothing wrong with trying and putting effort in, but we just try with every bit of effort we can. We dig deeper, we attain more. We look around to see what everyone else is saying. We look for the latest advice that seems to be working for people. We can cling to the words of either our favourite or, or our latest author or blogger, people that we have never met and people who we don't even know how their lifestyle plays out in reality. We look to media and advertising to help direct us in what a perfect life will look like because if, if that's what it looks like, maybe if I attain it, then I will know fulfilment. I'll find identity. I remember I was listening to a psychologist 
And he said this really interesting thing, and this is what he said. We have come to believe that if we are bored or we are not feeling a sense of excitement in our lives, then there is something wrong with us. And he went on to say that 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 can't be any further from the truth. See, this is a picture of what takes place when we go out in pursuit to find things, we actually get sold lies. I mean, we think if, we just, if we're not feeling it today, or we're not feeling it in this relationship, or we're not feeling a sense of excitement, it feels a bit ho-hum, we think, well, there's something wrong with us. And what I've found, even in my own journey, that it doesn't actually take long until a situation arises in our life where all the hard work we've put in, all the effort, all the digging, all the trying... Something takes place and it unravels in front of us. The thing that you've worked so hard for, the thing that you thought that, look, if I can just attain that and hold in my hands, the thing that I'm holding my identity in, if I can attain it, then I'll feel complete. But then you've held it and you've actually been left feeling pretty unfulfilled. Maybe for you every morning it's this thought of I'll just have I'll just think positively. I'll just hang around positive people. And the cycle continues until we find ourselves, and we experience this in different parts of our life, we find ourselves at the end of our rope. Totally exhausted, broken. And left completely disillusioned by life. Almost this this thought of, I just can't hold it together. Have you ever felt that? You want to know renewal in your life? You want to know true renewal that changes you? Well, I'm going to give you the end of the sermon right now. Literally, we could just pack up shop. And head home, but you're stuck with me for a bit longer. But this is it. The renewed life or the renewed mind is a life that is centered on the cross of Christ. Let me say that again. The renewed mind is a mind that is centered. On the cross of Christ. When I say the cross, it's with the understanding of the power represented by the cross. The work that took place at the cross. That is Jesus' death on the cross, his burial and his triumphant, victorious resurrection over death. That's what I'm talking about. Think about it, if Jesus could triumph death, if he could bring death to its knees, then that tells me he is the creator. And if the creator can conquer death, well then he can transform my heart and then he can transform my mind. This is why John 14, 6 says this, it says, Jesus answered and he said, I am the what? Way. I am the 
and I am the what? The life. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Meaning you will not find those three things anywhere else in, the, in your life. And then it goes on, it says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Meaning if you want to get access to God, you can only come through Jesus. See, if we had a life focused on the cross, then we have actually found an anchor for our souls. In other words, we have found a waypoint, a marker. I don't know if you've ever um, been foolish enough to go to Chermside or Indrapilly Shopping Centre in the peak of the Christmas period. Has anyone tried that? No one has, just me. You go in there with high expectations, you bolt in and if you're lucky you get out in two hours and in that frantic mess, I remember you come out through the lifts into the car park and many times I've stopped and I thought, I have no idea where I've parked. And you sit there and think, wow, this is a bit awkward and so you walk around and you walk around, and you walk around, and you think, this is not good. And But the thing that makes it even worse is cars start following you. (laughs) They they pursue you. You know what I mean? Because they they think, well, he's got a car park. He obviously knows where he's going. But the problem is you don't know where you're going. And I learned you just be confident and just keep walking and walk at speed, and so you just charge. One of my confessions is I was so embarrassed once, and I don't even know why I was embarrassed, but as one of the cars had followed me back and forth, just as I went down the end and quickly tried to turn, I hid behind one of the cars. And I remember you'd see the car come up and just, you know, very confused, and then just drive off, and then you continue on your way. But I realised that, you know, I mean, iPhones actually now give you a, a marker of where your car is. I'll tell you how far you are from your car for people like me. You mean it's a waypoint. And this is what it's like if you have your life focused on the cross of Christ. Because all of a sudden you find where truth is, you find where life is. It actually becomes your north point, your true north. It, it tells you what truth is and it actually tells you how you can access it. That is why being fixed on the cross of Christ, the work of Jesus on the cross is so critical to our lives. I love the passage that Ty spoke on in week two, Romans 12 verse two. And it says this, Paul told him, said, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Did you hear it? Do not conform. Don't let your life be a mirror or a cookie cutter of another person's life. It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Did you hear it? Conformed verse transformed. Jesus wants to transform your heart, and he wants to transform your mind. I love what Louis Guglio says. He says, you may not be able to go back and change the way everyone else thought, 
And you may not be able to go back and change the circumstances, but you can change the way that you think. He goes on and says, our lives are not the sum total of the things we have done. The things we have done are actually the sum total of the ways we have thought. The ways that we're currently thinking are impacting the direction and future of our lives. What Jesus wants to do only through the power of the Holy Spirit is he firstly wants to transform your heart and then transform your mind the way that we think. Let me explain this. The Bible tells us that each one of us has a heart condition. And this is what Matthew chapter 15 verse 19 to 20 says, for out of the heart, Come evil thoughts, and it lists them. It says, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts like murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. You mean you might look at those things and go, Well, I haven't done them. It says the Bible says that actually, even if we've looked upon someone lustfully, we've committed adultery in our heart. That's what Jesus is saying. This is a big thing. And then Psalm 51 verse 5 tells us we've inherited this heart problem. That by very nature we rebel against God. It says this, For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceives me. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty glim prognosis to have. You know what I mean? Like let's just get the final song going and we'll just march on out full of joy. That's not what this feels like. But the Bible tells us that our sin, our pursuit of self other than God has actually separated us from God, spiritually dead. But listen to what Titus chapter 3 verse 4 to 7 says. We come to Jesus, listen to this. When God our Saviour revealed his kindness and his love, he saved us underline this not because of the righteous things we have done how many of you are clinging to the righteous things you've done for your salvation but because of his mercy he washed away our sins giving us listen to this new birth and a new life through the holy spirit is that not the most incredible truth You want transformation. Transformation can only come when Christ comes and puts a new heart in you. And then verse 6 continues and says, it's not finished there. He says, he generously poured out the spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our saviour. Because of his grace, nothing of yourself, He has made us right in his sight. And he's given us the confidence that will inherit eternal life. Or as the NIV version says, having been justified by grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. 
This is what Ezekiel chapter 36 says. Verse 26. I will give you a new heart. This, takes, this, this brings great joy to Jesus to do this. He says, I'll give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. He says, I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and what I'll do is I will place and give to you a heart that is tender and responsive. See, when God puts a new heart in you, a new life in you, and places his life in you, it changes everything. Where the, the heart was spiritually dead, Jesus tells us now we're actually spiritually alive in him. It means like the heart begins to beat in new ways it never has. I think about it when you look in the mirror in the morning. I know for some of us it can be a bit scary. But once you've cleaned yourself up, it's a bit more bearable. But as you do that and you're staring in the mirror, it reminds me of this, this fact of sometimes we sit there with our broken soul staring back at, at ourselves thinking, I'm going to try to fix myself. I'm just, I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to put better practices in place. I'm not, I'm not saying that having good practices is a bad thing, but I'm just saying that we push and push and push. But the problem is a broken soul cannot lead another broken soul into renewal. And so then what we do is we begin to look out to see if someone else can do it. But when we have our mind, our, our heart, our eyes fixed on the cross of Christ, his work, he is done for us. We begin to see and learn. It says this, that all of a sudden we begin to see and experience the heart of God. We won't experience this anywhere else. It says we begin to experience forgiveness and we receive a new heart. We find that Jesus is actually the author of our lives. We learn his love and experience true love. We learn of his mercy. We learn that he is faithful. We receive his power that changes us from the inside out. How often do we try to journey trying to fix the outside first? hoping that will impact the inside. Like with my little gardening experience, the amount of times I'm trying to fix the problem and nuking these little bugs on the leaves, but that's not even the problem. They're not even turning it yellow. It's because of what's taking place down in the roots. We realise that this, when Jesus comes and he gives us a new heart, we begin to find life. We discover what grace really is. We discover that God is for you and not against you. We discover at the cross, it's where striving for acceptance ceases and freedom begins. This is what God wants to do. He wants to change your heart. 
And as he changes our heart through the power of his Holy Spirit, he wants to change then the way we think. He wants to put his life in us. How many times I would, I would have given up if I hadn't had my eyes on the cross of Christ. Some of you might have heard part of my story. I remember for, I don't know, maybe a few years, really struggling with this concept of, am I really saved? Like I battled with it. I mean, I, I, I love Jesus. I love learning. I loved growing. I love trying to be obedient and follow him. But I just had this thing constantly in me all the time. And I don't know how many times I said the prayer to accept Jesus in my life. I was responding every time that there was a response that was taking place. So I just wanted to make sure, you know what I mean, that it was all sorted. And what began to take place is I began to move in this mindset of trying to pay back God for my forgiveness. I began going, well, maybe I need to just be better. Maybe I just need to work harder at this thing. And so I would try all these things. And then on the, the flip side of this, I realised that I was beginning to try to prove to myself that I was saved. The thing that was driving me to this obedience and this following of Jesus was not actually out of the things of what Christ has done for me, but out of this thing of me trying to earn it. Look, I tried everything. And it was like I stepped into this boxing ring. You know what I mean? Like I pushed and I pushed and I pushed to try to change things in my life. I was very aware of my own failures. But the more I pushed, the louder the voice came inside of me that says, well, you just disappointed God again. Well, you've done it again. And as I almost stood in that boxing ring of life, I felt like everywhere I turned, it was like a hit that says, oh, you've done it again. Disappointed God, you let him down. And I began to believe this lie that said this, if you truly love Jesus, you would never do it again. I'm like, my heart was that. My heart was that I would never do it again. But if anyone knows the sinful heart, it's not that straightforward. In some cases, there's years of unwinding. There's generational sin that's passed down. There's trauma that's taken place that's resulted in stuff. Everywhere I began to turn and every time I tried to step into a positive way, bang, you've disappointed God again. I got to a point where I was at the end. I was like, I I just can't keep up. I'm just not good enough. I was spending more time crushed in spirit than I was in a posture of gratitude before God. I spent more time crushed than actually enjoying what Christ had placed before me, the freedoms that he had given me. I remember that moment. But God, by his grace and by the power of his Holy Spirit, just afresh 
changed my mindset. He said, Jono, you've taken your mind, you've set your eyes on other things. You've taken it off the cross of Christ and what he has done for you. That only he can forgive you, only he can set you free and you've pointed your eyes to other things. It's like he pointed out and said, you you don't really trust me that my grace is sufficient for you. In that moment, it's like he touched my heart and I began to realise that what Christ had done on the cross for me, his grace, his mercy, the renewed heart, the changing mindset, I began to realise that I was a loved child of God, set free, and I'm a beautiful peace that he is working with see I began to see who he said I was and not who I said I was can I tell you that I just remember the freedom that came over my life the lightness like uh, literally I had the joy of my salvation I wasn't crushed by my failures. I was aware of them. I was convicted by them. But it didn't oppress me. And this is the beautiful thing about when Christ comes, puts a new hardness and changes our mind. It's to bring us life. It's to bring truth. And maybe you've been believing these different lies yourself. Maybe it's things where you just think, I've made too big of a mistake. I won't come back from this. Maybe it's things like you don't feel like you have anything to offer. Maybe it's a mindset that you just think has been passed down through your family line and that's just the way our family's done it. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 I want to put a new mindset in you. I want to break that free. And I want to read one passage for you. Because Jesus wants to transform our minds tonight. For some of us, we're in Christ and we've got a new heart. And afresh, you want to say, God, I just want to open myself afresh to you and just keep renewing my mind. For others of us, we've come to Christ, but we've, we've stopped looking at the cross of Christ as our waypoint. And we've looked for everything else. Or maybe tonight you never realise that there's a God who loves you and wants to save you and put a new heart in you and give you renewal that life itself will never give. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The band can come up. Paul, talking to a church in Corinth, a city very upside down in its morals, says this. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except what? Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not of wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. There it is. God wanted to come in and He wants to do the renewal work in you. You you can't. You cannot fix your soul. You can try. But we can't. But Jesus says, let me. And goes on to say this. So that your faith might, may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of freedom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understand it at all. For if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. God's prepared things for you. And these are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not a spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God. So that we may understand what God has freely given us this is what we speak not in words taught us by human wisdom but in words taught by the spirit explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God but considers them actually foolishness and cannot understand them because these things are only discerned by having the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? And he finishes with this. But we have the mind of Christ. Do you realise that tonight? That if you are in Jesus, you have the mind of Christ. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, working and striving and stirring and changing and renewing you. And tonight, it's a surrenderance and it's a celebration. For some people, it's a, I just got to give up. And just go, God, I'm just going to accept your grace. For some people, it's okay, I've just been putting my identity in all the things I have. And it's not that the items you have are bad, it's just you put your identity in them. He says, bring the identity off that and put them back on the cross, on me. And so tonight, if you are here, and that's you with all eyes closed, even right now, actually, let's stand. If that's you tonight, 
where you long to have God renew your mind, you have Christ, but you wanna freshly open your heart again and say, Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Can you put up your hand? I won't point you out. It's just uh, between you and God. Just put it up nice and high. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna say any names. It's actually just a declaration. God, this is what I want in my life. And put them down. Maybe tonight you, you've got Christ. But your direction for life has moved off what Christ's work is on the cross. And you've been building your life on other things. Your salvation has actually been built off other things and not actually what Christ can only do for you. You're saying, Jesus, oh, I'm sorry. I'm coming back to my first love. If that's you, will you be courageous enough just to put up your hand right now? Yeah. That's great. I'll tell you, there's freedom in that. And then tonight, if there's anyone here who's never given their life to Jesus, you never even realise that there's a God who created you and loved you and wants you back. And he says, look, you just ask for my forgiveness and I'll come running into you. If that's you tonight and you say, I want Jesus, you put your hand up. Just nice and high. Once again, I'm not going to do anything bizarre. I'm not going to call you out. Just put your hand up right now. Say, God, I want you in my life. Will you say this prayer with me? Jesus, I'm sorry for building my life on myself, for turning my back on you. I ask you now to forgive me for my sin. I ask now that you'll come and place your spirit in me. Set me free. And may I know the confidence of the grace and mercy of Jesus in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. So tonight, my thought is that we can't be a people if we know this truth where we, we step back, but actually we're a people of praise. Because if we have the mind of Christ, if we have God living within us, if we have a God who has come and actually has put a new heart in you and is wanting to change your mind, not based on what you've done, but on what Jesus has done on the cross. I tell you, that's the best news in the world, isn't it? And He's a God worth celebrating. And so we're going to do that right now. We're going to declare that our God is a God who can take us from places where we have graves in our life and He wants to transform us into a life of abundance for His glory. Come on, let's just sing. the world but it couldn't fill me the man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough that you came along you put me back together 
desire is now satisfied here in your love. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. Cause I'm not afraid. To show you my weakness, my failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God, the God of the mountain, is the God of the You 
news. This is the good news of the gospel. Jesus comes to transform us from the inside out. It really is the best news in all the world. If tonight you've prayed that prayer and you're saying, yeah, Jesus, I want to know that renewing work in my heart, we'd love to give you one of these Bible gift packs. It's got a Bible in it and some other information to help you on your journey that explains this message in more detail. I do want to encourage you to, to come along to the Alpha course. Um, a really helpful course that just explains what John has been talking about tonight in more detail. The most incredibly incredible good news, the best news in all the world, in fact. Tonight, we want to finish by praying for Tamara, Pastor Tamara, I should say. Tamara, come on up. Is Andrew here with you tonight or just you? Just you. Come on up, Tamara. I'm just going to ask the pastors just to come up on the stage tonight. Um, We just want to let you know, Tamara, how excited we are to have you stepping in as a pastor. It was an awesome service this morning just to induct you and to pray for you. But as a night congregation, we want to affirm you as well and let you know Uh, how excited we are to see the way God's led you and directed you. We want to affirm as the body of Christ the calling that God has on your life. What a great night tonight with the baptism, Ash, just those words of affirmation on your induction day as well. And so uh, we want to pray for you as a night congregation. I know you've blessed lots of people here. Um, In fact, can we just let tomorrow, you do a little job there, but can we let her know how excited we are to have her coming on as a pastor here? What a blessing that is for us. As a church, this is actually our 15th pastor that we've called out and trained and equipped and we're praying for many more into the future as well, but we want to pray for you right now. So the team are going to come and gather around. You might want to reach out a hand uh, towards tomorrow tonight as well, night congregation. Let's pray a special blessing for her now. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for tomorrow and for Andrew, Lord. Thank you for the amazing team that they are together in you. Thank you for this day, Lord, where the body of Christ is affirmed, the call you have on Tamara's life. And so now, Lord, we pray uh, for the empowering of your Holy Spirit over her life, Lord, the gifts that you've given to her, Lord, that they would be fanned into flame, Lord, that she would see your work in ways far beyond anything she would have ever could have imagined as she depends on you and looks to you, great God. We pray for your protection for Andrew Tamara over their marriage, Lord, we pray. And Lord, we pray that you'd fill them with faith for the mighty things you're going to do, we ask. And so, Holy Spirit, come now, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Come, anoint our sister, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, can we encourage Tamara one more time? Bless you. So exciting. You can grab a seat. Thanks so much for sharing with us tonight. Don't forget those Bible gift packs. If you want prayer, our prayer lounge is up the back. We'd love to talk to you. If you came with someone and uh, you want to know more, tell them, hey, I want to find out some more. If you're online as well, reach out to us through hello at bridgeman.org.au or your host tonight as well. But God bless you and thanks so much for sharing with us.